we do this every year. This, we put out like the last 18 months, maybe 24 months, I can't remember, of the messages, and people just sort of check which one you know, they'd like to hear again, or maybe they missed, or maybe uh, or something else. And, and of course, if you know me, if you've come to me very, very much at all, I, I can't do the same thing twice. I don't even do that on three services. Um, but um, I have the same outline. But um, anyway, it, and we do that, and it's, it's been kind of fun, really. And, and um, so if you check the website, you can see what's coming up in the, in the weeks to come at renaissancechurch.org. But this particular song, uh, this particular message and song from uh, the Rock and Roll series was, uh, think about this, October the 12th of last year. October the 12th of last year. We got babies crying here. We got babies crying here. We got babies. We love babies. What can I say, you know? Um, except, by the way, this, isn't, this is off the subject, but I just want to say this about babies and, and, and baby seats. Those things are inhumane. I just want you to know that. We just got back from a 10-hour ten, ten car trip with our, our uh, daughter and her baby, 18-month-old, and it's like, I'd cry too if I'd get strapped in a straitjacket for 10 hours, you know? I mean, you know, we never had those, and I'm okay. I mean, you know, no, no, you know. Anyway, uh, I'm sympathetic to all that stuff. So anyway, this was last October. I'm sorry, yeah, October ten, twelve, oh eight, when we when we had this message. Think about that. Ten, twelve, oh eight. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. All right. The theme, of course, losing my religion. Steve explained it on the screen. Um, it's just losing it. Somebody told me from, uh, from, uh, from our earlier service, who lived, spent a great, a great deal of time in Great Britain, they call it coming unglued. And he said, and one of my British friends calls it losing your glue. <laughs> oh, that's very descriptive, losing your glue. Um, but it's basically when we blow it, when we, when, we, when we have this seemingly temporary loss of sanity. You know, and that may be, that may be caused by self, lack of self-control, that may be caused by, by people, that may be clo- maybe that's caused by certain people in your life. Like maybe a, should I say it here, make you sin in church? A mother-in-law maybe, or a father-in-law, or maybe, uh, you know, someone in your life, maybe that you work with, just drives you nuts. And the minute they walk into the room, it's like, ah, oh, you know, it's like, you know, the whole uh, fingernail on chalkboard type of thing. Well, listen, when we lose it, we allow circumstances to outlandishly, however abnormal, abnormal they might be, we allow circumstances to just over, overtake us. Uh, and they overtake our mind, our thoughts, and our actions, unfortunately. Sometimes our words, too. And it is in those times that we need, not church, not theology, but a vital connection to God. Now, I hopefully... Good theology and church will help with that. But in those times, we need a connection with God. It may be a, it may be a time that's driving you nuts, and it may be a sad time. I, it, we, it may be a time when you're looking at some, some, some of you are looking at now in terms of uh, a dwindling net worth and so forth. So we need something to focus on on that. And, and let, me, let me give you a real quick little story before I, before I take you to the passage in the Bible. I have a friend. He's in this service. And... Uh, he, in golf, I'm going to use golf terms here. If you're not a golfer, hang with me. I'm going to explain my terminology. He's like a five or a six, right? Five or six, something like that. He's not looking at me. Five or six? Just, yeah, okay. Uh, five or six means, this is what this means. This means like if you have a course of seven, a par 72. You shoot a par, you shoot par in any course, you're doing very, very well. For those of you who don't know, very well. That's what pros do, or maybe slightly under. 
So he, he's like a five or six, which means on a, on a par 72 course, the whole, he would be like, uh, what, uh, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, what's that all about? What are you laughing at? Because I had to use my fingers? <laughs> anyway, so you're looking at 70, you know, 76, 77, 78. And those of you who are golfers know that's really good. So I'm playing with him here a couple weeks ago. And, and I, he's like, okay, before I, I, got, I got to go to the range. This guy's really good. I'm not like, what are you going to need to go to the golfer? You're the best golfer I know. He's like, I got to get a thought. I got to get a thought. And I'm like, well, he's like, I'm just all over. I just got to get, I got to get, just give me, just give me, give me 15 minutes. I, I got to get a thought, you know? And he's like, I got to get the thought or I'm going to be all over the place, which is not true, but for him, you know, not in the middle of the fairway. It's a difference for him between being 380 yards down the middle and 305 yards down the middle or, or slightly less. So anyway, I got to get this thought to get focused. Now, here's the thing about that, that I want you to think about for a moment. I don't care whether you're talking about golf. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you a thought. So that if you're going through some stuff, that's, whether we're talking about stuff that's tragic or whether we're talking about stuff that is just very, um, um, just real tough on you right now in terms of the economy or whether you're going through something else, it's, it, whether it's now or in the future, you need a thought. Okay? You need that focus that my friend talked about in terms of, of, of a golf swing. Right? But we're going to, this is much more important than the gospel. I need that focus, and this is where I'm going to take you to the passage, and I, and I talked a little bit about this last, last fall, the passage where I go to a lot. There's, there's, there's four or five of them. This is one of the passages that I go to a lot when I feel like things are just, you know, I'm about ready to lose my religion, you know? And, and I don't necessarily mean by losing my temper, just lose my perspective, because I'm stressed out. Things are crazy. It's nuts. I mean, well, what's going on? It's crazy, you know, around me, whether it be with the economy or whether it be with friends or whether it be with family or whether it be just internally. I need, I, need, I need a thought. And here's where I go, all right? It's in Isaiah chapter 40. And, uh, and, and here's what I want you to see as we talk about these, these verses. There's a bunch of verses. I'm just going to look at a few of them. The proper view of God affects everything in your life. Having a proper view of God is going to affect your quality of life. Having an improper view of God, you're going to have wrong thoughts. You're going to be all over the place. So, so watch this. This is, this is Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah writing here, chapter 40, verse 1, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. This is so good. Watch this. Imagine, you're going through bad stuff and you start reading this. Who else... Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens or with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed out the mountains and the hills? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to be his teacher or counselor? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good or what is best? I mean, the point here they say is God is God. He's infinite. He's all-knowing. He doesn't learn because he already knows everything. He is the, the source of all knowledge and all wisdom. So and that's, that's where it begins. So when you need some, you need that thought, you think, well, there's God in heaven, and he knows everything. And he loves me beyond anything I can possibly imagine. Keep reading here, verse 15. No, for all the nations of the world are nothing in comparison with him. They are but a drop in the bucket, dust on the scales, Look, he picks up the islands as though they had no weight at all. Just think about that. I mean, North America's an island. I don't know if you ever thought about that or not. North America's an island. I mean, granted, it's, you could probably walk on part of it way up north, you know. But, so he's talking about, you know, he can just pick up continents. It's, it's giving you some figurative language to speak. This is how big God is. 
Get that in your perspective. Think about that for a little while in the face of tragedy. Doesn't make, doesn't make the tragedy go away. And I'm going to say, no, it may not even give you greater understanding necessarily at the time, but it gives you perspective. And that's what we're talking about. Because the proper view of God affects everything about life. It affects our quality of life. It affects how we live. It affects what we think. It affects how we treat people as well. Keep reading here, verse 18. To whom then can we compare God? What image might we find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in mold, overlaid with gold, and decorated with silver chains? Or is a poor person's wooden idol better? Can God be compared to an idol that must be placed on a stand so it won't fall down? The people reading this at the time are thinking idols and and little wooden idols, little molden idols that they would stand up and literally worship or or bow down to. And of course, we read this now and we're like, you know, I I can't relate to that. Well, think about Think about it in terms of maybe it's, maybe it's a 401k. Maybe it's, sorry to bring up bad subjects these days. Uh, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's my job. Maybe it's, maybe it's people, some people in my life. I mean, we can idolize anything. doesn't make that bad. Maybe, maybe it's you know, stuff. Maybe it's your house. Nothing wrong with a nice house. It's wrong when we idolize whatever it happens to be or that even a person. Verse 21, have you never heard, are you deaf to the words of God, the words that he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? It is God, I love this verse. You know, if Christopher Columbus had read this verse, he would have known the world wasn't flat. It is God who sits above the circle of the earth. The people below must seem like grasshoppers. He is the one who spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root when he blows on them and their work withers. The wind carries them off like straw. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Nobody. This is God. Get, this, get, this, get, your, get your mind around this. This is God Almighty. Loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he's that big. You ever, you ever in school... Guys, girls didn't do this, I know. But you can listen anyway. Um, you ever, you, your best friend ever the, 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 biggest, the biggest guy in, in, the, in, the, in the grade? That was always a good feeling. I didn't always have that. Whenever, I had, whenever my friend was the biggest guy in, you know, in, in the neighborhood, it was always like, mess with me. Because you know? I was never the big guy. You know? And I was never the fastest guy. So I needed a good friend. You know? a, big, a, big, a good big friend. You know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a real sense... Much bigger. This is what we're talking about. I got, this is God who loves me more than I can imagine. And that's, that's how big he is. Wow. This is perspective. You say, but what about this? Hang on to that thought. Verse 26, look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out one after another, calling each by its name. And he counts them to see that none are lost or have strayed away. And even those are stars. It's amazing, isn't it? Now watch verse 27. Oh, Israel, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? You ever said that? Oh, God doesn't know what I'm going through. How, how can you say the Lord doesn't see, does not see your troubles? How can you say God refuses to hear your case? Have you never heard or understood? Don't you know that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows faint or weary. No one can measure the depths 
of his understanding. He gives power to those who are tired and are worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Even youths will become exhausted and young men will give up. But those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will fly high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. That's who your God is. So what does that mean, those who wait on the Lord? You know, that's where he says that. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. You know, waiting has to do with... Let me just be real blunt and real, real straightforward on this one. I'm not a real good expert on this waiting thing. Okay? So... I'm probably not the best source, but I know a little bit about it. And it has to do with praying. It has to do with reading the Bible. Some. Talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how important it is to read the Bible. I don't mean you shouldn't read other things. But it has the idea of just, you know, God, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trusting you with this issue. I'm going to do everything I can do, but I'm going I'm I'm to trust God with it. Leviticus puts it this way, Leviticus Leviticus 19, verse 4, don't put your trust in idols or make gods of metal of yourselves. I, the Lord, am your God. It's trusting God. And and sometimes God doesn't operate on on our time schedule. Let me rephrase that. Most of the time, God does not operate on our time schedule. Well, back in um, October, October the 12th, to be exact, 08, I introduced you about this time in the message to a new thing. Because if you'll recall what was going on, October 12th, think about that, we have a, an election going on at that time. And, and we have um, Barack Obama and Hillary, I'm sorry, Barack Obama and uh, whoever that guy is, the VP. And uh, um, um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm serious, it's, it's just, just, anyway. Um, and we have John McCain and this was right after he had named Sarah Palin his VP. And this was right after that first interview with Charlie Gibson of ABC. You remember that? And he asked Sarah Palin, do you agree with the Bush doctrine? Well, that inspired me. By the way, obviously we know now that she really didn't. There, were like, there are like five Bush doctrines and she didn't know exactly what he was talking about. And the truth was Charlie Gibson didn't know what the Bush doctrine was. But, 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 but the truth is it inspired me. If W can have a doctrine, I should have a doctrine. That's what it inspired me to do. If, if Bush can have a doctrine, I'm sure Obama's going to have a doctrine. Rich should have a doctrine. They don't even know what doctrine is. I do, okay? I studied in school, you know? Um, so I, this is when I introduced you to th- something called the Teeter's Doctrine, okay? My own little thing here. And it, what I did was I took a Leviticus 19, the verse we just read, and I sort of, I sort of updated it. To t- t- now, this, now, it's da- now it's dated, isn't that crazy? I updated it to October the 12th of 08. Now it's dated. Because you're not, you're not even going to know one of these names. You'll know both, two of them. You won't know one of these names. Some of you won't. So here, here's the Teeter's Doctrine. Do not put your trust in idols or the value of the dollar or precious metals or stock or hedge funds or mutual funds or investment banks or 401ks or John McCain or Barack Obama or even Henry Paulson. Who the heck is that? I, the Lord, am your God. For those of you who have forgotten, I doubt that you have. Paulson at the time was the creator of what we now know as the first stimulus package. Was uh, W's, um, uh, President Bush's uh, Treasury Secretary, I think. And many of you know him, and I know, and I can't say anything negative because he worked with a bunch of you guys, so I can't say anything bad about him, and I wouldn't if I, if I wanted to. But anyway, um, that's the Teeter's Doctrine. 
And, and, and in truth, kidding, you know, joking aside and all the other stuff, it's pretty easy to put our trust. Let me rephrase that. It was pretty easy to put our trust in 401ks and in, in portfolios and all the things that so many uh, have worked so hard to have in your life. And, and I'm, not making, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not making light of that at all. Uh, my, my, my heart goes out to you, and I've heard many times, you've heard me say this, I've heard many times since October, yeah, I've heard many times, I just don't know what's going to happen. I, hear, I just don't know what's going to happen. And the truth is, you never knew what was going to happen. You just thought you did. We've never known what's going to happen the next day. And if nothing else, maybe the current situation will get us to stop and focus. You know what? I don't. That's why I need to trust God. A God who, a God who, for all the nations of the world are nothing in comparison to him. You know, a God, a God, you know, who can, who can, you know, a God who sits above the circle of the earth and the people must know, must seem to him like grasshoppers. They're not, but it must seem like that is what the writer is saying here. Psalm 62 verse 8, oh my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Psalm 112. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. He's speaking of his people there. Listen, viewing God properly is vital to a high quality of life. Proper view of God doesn't mean, listen, this is very important, and I want you to hear this part. Doesn't mean that we'll always be perfect. Doesn't mean that we'll never have quandaries. Doesn't mean that we will never have doubts. Proper view of God means that amid my doubts, amid my questions, amid my sometimes skepticism, which all of us have at times, not had, have at times, that amid all that, there's this unchangeable, and you'll know what I mean by this, this unchangeable default mode. I have these questions, I have these doubts, but I'm still going to trust God. It's kind of like, in a much bigger way, a marriage. And, and, and I'm going to use this, and uh, I, don't, I don't mean this to, to judge anybody who maybe had issues in the past or whatever, because God... God loves you and is going to, you know, just move on forward from here. So I, I don't use this to, to try to judge anybody. Uh, I just say it, 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 it really is a lot like marriage. And the view, of course, it, it, let, me, let me speak about marriage just for a second, and I'll, I'll show you what I mean by that. We just, by the way, we just got back last night uh, from um, Ohio where we had, I told you, we had a 10-hour drive. My son-in-law couldn't go, but my wife, Charlene, and our daughter and her, and her 18-month-old baby, did and that last that last uh, hundred miles is brutal. Let me just tell you, you know, let them loose, turn them loose. She didn't, but I would have. But anyway, um, I know you can't do that, especially in Jersey. But um, but we just we, we had a party Friday night for my mom and dad. They're celebrating their seventieth wedding anniversary. Can you believe that? They're seven. They're doing great. And, uh, you know, in all seriousness, I'm not being irreverent about this. It's really hard from our perspective as kids to invite people because all their friends are dead. Um, I mean, they really are. So you're just thinking, you know, family and, and some of the friends at the church where they are, which is the church that I was raised in. And, and uh, so it was really just a great time. But I, it, it, it made me think back to what my dad told me when I got married 30-some years ago, um, which was, you know, and my dad's not big on giving advice. He's a World War II guy, so you know how those guys are. They don't, they don't get all touchy-feely. And uh, he just said, I remember what he told me. He said, 
No matter what, you'll love her. No matter what. Good times, bad times, you'll love her. You just love each other. This is my, this is my marital counseling, okay, for my dad. <laughs> Good times, bad times, you'll love her. Just love, just love, just love. Okay, and for the most part, I've done a couple times. Charlene's gone off the reservation, got a little crazy, but 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 but, but I've been really pretty good about this whole thing. <laughs> if you know me, you know that's a lie, and I may just drop down right here. Um, but 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 the default mode. He didn't say it then, but what he was basically the default mode is 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 you love. You love. The same thing here in your default mode with God. Yeah, there's some doubts. Yeah, there's some skepticism. Yeah, there's some this. There's some of this. But you know what? I'm going to trust God. A, it's the right thing to do. B, you need to hear this from somebody that loves you. You ain't got no choice. (laughs) Sorry for the English. But you, you don't have a choice. But it's the right thing to do. And it's the best thing to do. Is to trust God. And here's how big he is. And that's why he sent Jesus to come and give us the ability to have that connection with, with God Almighty. He, Jesus came and, and died and rose again from that. He gave that for, for forgiveness for my many, many sins, and yours too, by the way. But he also did that so that I could have access to God Almighty, a God who, who sits above the circle of the earth. That's who God is. And when I'm in the middle of, in my world, and I can be very petty, just like you can be, and my world feels like it's falling apart, and I'm like, what is this going on, and why is this happening, and, and how about this, and, 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 and your situation, I've never had that much money to lose, but some of you have, and it's like, when you look at that, you can just say, why, how did this happen? You know what? There may not be an answer, but here's what you're going to do. You're going to say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, and that's why Jesus came, to give me that ability to trust God. That's the issue. Your view of under, and understanding of who God is will vitally affect who you are and how you live your lives. That's a, that's a huge issue. Don't miss that. And don't forget that. Say it one more time. It is God who sits above the circle of the earth. People below <laughs> seem like grasshoppers. He's the one who spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent for them. He loves us that much, and he's that big, and we thank God for it, and we thank Jesus. Let me pray. Get you out of here. God, we thank you for your love. It's better and deeper than we can comprehend. And we thank you, God, that in the end, in, in the end of it all, the default mode kicks in in our lives that we, we pray that we would trust you unshakably trust you amidst the questions, amidst the doubts, and amidst the tragedy, amidst the loss. We pray that we would trust you because you are trustworthy. And God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the grace and the forgiveness that you give us and understanding and believing in who Christ is and what he has done for us. And we thank you in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.